detectives. I'm Esther. And I'm Annika. We love investigating cool facts about cool stuff. And we do this by speaking to the experts. Smart grown-ups who know all the cool facts about everything. Hey Esther, it's October and you know what that means. Halloween! It's definitely my favourite time of year. Hi Michelle! Hi fact detectives. Michelle studies fairy tales. She studies fairy tales? You can do that? Yes. I love learning about fairy tales, folk tales, mythology and cultural traditions from all around the world. Halloween in particular has a really interesting history. Now I'm curious. Me too. Okay, what's your first question? Fact one. What is Halloween? On Halloween, people dress up in costumes, go trick-or-treating and decorate their houses to make them look spooky. They might carve a jack-o'-lantern out of a pumpkin or make decorations featuring bats, ghosts, witches, spiderwebs and black cats. The thing that you might be curious to know is that the Halloween we know today is actually a mix of a few different traditions and it has changed quite a bit over the past 2,000 years. Wait, what? Did you say 2,000 years? Yes. Halloween can be traced back 2,000 years to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. Okay, so stay with me. There's a bit of history to unpack. The Celts were a collection of tribes that originated in Central Europe and spread to the regions we now know as Northern France and over to Ireland, Scotland and Wales. In the Northern Hemisphere at this time, the 31st of October marked the end of summer and the end of the harvest and the start of the darker, colder half of the year, winter. Remember, 2,000 years ago, there were no supermarkets and no fridges. The winters were long and dark and cold and people were understandably anxious about food lasting them through these long months. The Celts believed that on the night of the 31st of October, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred and their ghosts could return to the world of the living for a visit. That's a bit spooky. It is. So the people came up with a few clever ideas to manage these visiting ghosts. In Ireland, the Druids, who were kind of like Celtic priests, made huge bonfires where dancing, feasts and celebrations took place. They believed that the bonfires would be a nice way to welcome the friendly spirits. But weren't they scary? Some were and some weren't. They believed some ghosts were good and friendly and came in search of food and comfort. People set places at the dinner table for the spirits, left treats on their doorsteps and lit candles along the side of the road to help their loved ones find their way back home. But they also believed that there were other naughty spirits like fairies and witches who would fly around on broomsticks and ride around on huge cats. Why do we dress up on Halloween? This was a way to fool the spirits. Why? 
Well, the Celts thought that by painting their faces and wearing animal skins, the spirits wouldn't recognise them, and so they wouldn't play tricks on the people. But this has changed a little over the last 2,000 years. Remember I told you that the name Halloween is also known as All Hallows' Eve? Yeah. Well, that's because back in the 800s, Christianity took on the Celtic tradition on 31st of October as one of their own holidays, All Hallows' Eve. This fell on the day before All Saints' Day on November 1st. And then a bit later on, All Souls' Day was commemorated on November 2nd. But back to All Hallows' Eve on the 31st of October. Poor people would disguise themselves and go door to door asking for food. And this practice was called guising, mumming or souling. Sometimes they would perform a skit, tell a joke, recite a poem or sing a song in exchange for food. Sound familiar? Yeah, that sounds like trick-or-treating. Exactly! But the costumes looked pretty different to what people dress up in today. How? Well, people made costumes out of whatever they had available, like straw. So they would have looked quite strange. And everyone wore masks to hide from the spirits. Then, a few hundred years ago, the costumes changed again when Irish and Scottish immigrants brought their Halloween traditions, costumes and superstitions with them when they immigrated to the United States. Halloween became super popular and so did dressing up. People made their own costumes out of sheets and masks out of paper mache. Traditionally, people dressed up as spooky characters. Can you think of some? Zombies, vampires and werewolves. Witches, skeletons, and ghosts. They're all pretty spooky. In the 1920s and 30s, the Halloween tradition of dressing up became more and more popular. People started holding Halloween masquerade parties, which means mask parties, and costume companies even started creating costumes that you could buy, like of the popular children's character, Mickey Mouse. In the 1950s, pop culture made its way into people's homes through TV and popular comic book characters. And then, in the 1960s, Halloween costumes became more fun than frightening. People stopped wearing masks over their faces and instead dressed up as their favourite characters, like Batman, Wonder Woman or Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. While some people still like dressing up in spooky outfits, these days, there are a lot more fun costume ideas for Halloween. What do you like dressing up as for Halloween? A bat, a pumpkin witch, and a cat. Fact three. What is trick-or-treating? It's a Halloween activity where kids dress up in costumes and go around the neighbourhood knocking on people's front doors. When the door is open, the kids say... Trick-or-treat! Really, they're asking for sweets. But the phrase itself suggests that the kids will play a little trick or prank on people who refuse to give them treats. When did this start? Actually, way back in ancient Celtic times. But this is another tradition that has gone through a few changes. During Samhain, it's thought that people carried treats in their pockets just in case they were caught by a naughty spirit. The idea was that they could bribe the spirit by giving it a treat and sending it away. 
fast forward to the 19th century and people would hand out a round sweet pastry called a soul cake to beggars. What did it taste like? Sounded quite yummy. It was made with nutmeg, ginger, cinnamon and raisins. It also had a cross stamped on the top that symbolised a soul being saved. That sounds a bit like a hot cross bun. It does. Originally, soul cakes were put just outside houses to try to stop mischievous spirits from playing tricks on All Souls Day. But over time, they were baked for real-life trick-or-treaters. Around this time, people also started offering fruit and nuts to people who went door-to-door trick-or-treating. What kind of tricks did they play? Back then, pranks in the United States and Canada were pretty popular. There were things like throwing eggs at houses, opening farm gates and tipping over outhouses, which were old-fashioned toilets. Ew! Gross! Yeah, that's not okay. It would not have been fun to clean up. People were getting pretty annoyed about the prank situation, so community leaders and parents decided to refocus the Halloween celebration. Instead of pranks and tricks, they brought the community together for fun activities like bobbing for apples. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah. This is a fun game where a bucket is filled with water and you throw in a bunch of apples. Then you put your hands behind your back and try to grab an apple out of the bucket just using your teeth. It's much harder than you think. But what about the actual treats? When did they come in? The term trick-or-treating didn't really start until the 1950s when candy companies in the United States saw a great way to sell their sweets. And now, these days, millions of dollars are spent on sugary treats just for that one big night of the year. Yum! Fact four! Why do people carve pumpkins? Well, like all things Halloween, this tradition also goes back to the Celts. Carved pumpkins are called jack-o'-lanterns, but pumpkins weren't always used. The very first vegetable to be carved was a turnip, which is much smaller than a pumpkin and looks way spookier. Seriously? Yep, turnips. Very creepy. But why did they start carving them in the first place? Well, the name Jack-O-Lantern comes from an Irish folktale about a man called Stingy Jack. In the story, he was a real naughty trickster and even tricked the devil a bunch of times. And because he was so naughty, when he eventually died, he wasn't allowed into heaven or hell. Instead, the devil sent him out into the dark night with a piece of burning coal to light his way. Remember, this was long before electricity. It was when people burnt coal to stay warm. So, because holding a burning piece of coal wouldn't be ideal, Jack put the coal into a carved-out turnip. And legend has it that he has been roaming the earth ever since. Poor Jack. Guess it doesn't pay to be naughty. Not for Jack, anyway. But hang on a second. Where do the pumpkins come into it? Well, back then pumpkins didn't exist in Britain and Ireland, but turnips grew everywhere. But when the Irish and Scottish went to the United States, they were introduced to pumpkins, which were so much bigger and easier to carve than turnips. They also looked heaps better, And the rest is history. Cool! Also, remember that in the Northern Hemisphere, when kids and families go trick-or-treating, it's often dusk or even night, and the jack-o'-lanterns are brightly lit in windows and on front doorsteps. But here in Australia, the seasons are reversed. 
Instead of heading into winter, we've just come out of it. The days are getting longer and dusk falls later, so our jack-o'-lanterns often don't look so spooky or lit up while we're trick-or-treating because it's bright daylight. Oh, yeah! Now, here's a secret tip to keep your jack-o'-lantern looking awesome for Halloween. Make sure you pick a healthy-looking pumpkin and take care of it. Be careful not to bump it or drop it on the way home. Wipe it down and ask your grown-up not to make the walls too thin when they carve the face. There are lots of YouTube tutorials with fun, creative ways to carve them. When your pumpkin does start to collapse, try not to put it in landfill. If you have a garden, find a place where you can watch it disintegrate and go back into the earth. Or put it in the compost or your local community garden compost. Okay. Fact five. What about the Day of the Dead? Does that have something to do with Halloween? Not at all. The Day of the Dead is celebrated on the 1st of November and can be traced back two and a half to 3,000 years ago to indigenous cultures in Mexico. Originally, the festival lasted for an entire month. And what's it about? The Day of the Dead celebrates and remembers friends and family members who have died. But instead of being a day of sadness or fear, it's a celebration of the person's life and it's up to their families to keep their memory alive. The colourful skull decorations for Day of the Dead symbolise the continuation of memories and of life. If you think about it, this does have something in common with the original Celtic festival of Samhain, which was about the opening of the barrier between the worlds of the living and the dead. It too was a time to reflect on our loved ones who have passed. But that important part of the celebration has been lost in modern day Halloween, which is full of sugary treats, spooky decorations like vampire teeth, and the walking dead. If you want to add a bit of Samhain spirit to your Halloween this year, you could leave a loaf of bread on your kitchen table to welcome back loved ones who have died. Many cultures around the world leave offerings for their dearly departed. It doesn't have to be a loaf of bread. It could be a cookie or something that has special meaning for your family. Try this at home. Instead of buying Halloween decorations, you could make your own. Also, please don't put up fake cobwebs outside your house or in trees or bushes because birds can get caught in them. OK, Michelle. Get out some paper and pencils or textures and start drawing your own decorations. What could you draw? A jack-o'-lantern. A black cat on a broomstick. Great. In the spirit of Samhain, you could even create your own Halloween mask to disguise yourself. That sounds fun. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. My pleasure, fact detectives. This has been another super fun and spooky episode of The Fact Detectives with me, Annika. And me, Esther. Big thanks to Michelle Smith, who researches fairy tales in children's literature at Monash University in Melbourne. If you love finding out the facts as much as we do, and if you have a big topic you would like us to investigate, then get in touch at factdetectives at kindling.com.au.